Tell the people what you're here for. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Russ and Kayla Nice Experience. This is your man, Russ. And this is your girl, Kayla Nice. And together, we are the Russ and Kayla Nice Experience with our EP, Malik. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing out there? Hey, Malik. What's up, Kay? What's up, Russ? What's up, Malik? How are you? I'm good, man. How you doing? What, this is like week four on a quarantine? Yeah, I'm, I'm missing you guys. And we're all taping from different places, so if we sound a little botchy, choppy, in a box, that's why. I'm still in Jersey, and the guys are still in New York. Yeah, and Russ is missing us, because I bet you are missing us. <laughs> Russ is home by himself with his moms. We got to get you somebody, Russ. You finished that book yet? Yeah, I did finish my book. It's, it's an FBD. They have some great tips on it. And then now I can't put them in the use because of this coronavirus scandal. You know what I mean? I can't do it. I'm, I'm getting frustrated. So what's the name of the book again? It's an effing date. So wait, break this book down. What is an effing date? That's the name of the book. And what is it about? Yep, that's, the, that's the name of the book. It's an effing date. And with, yeah, that's the name of the book. It's an effing date. And what it talks about, it gives you tips on bringing dating back. A lot of times people don't date out here, especially during our social media. So it gives you a lot of tips. It gives you got a lot of suggestions uh, and a few points on dating. So I would like to put those tips into good use, but I can't do it now. I'm, I'm frustrated about that. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so you read the book. And now you can't put it into practice. Or you can do like um, a lot of people are doing speed dating on social media where they speed date live. And then you can get your dating experience in. Or maybe go on the online service. Well, I'm just going to wait to, to what this is all to set it up so I can see somebody. So I'm going to just take my chances after all this is done. So the interesting thing about this is, this is the divorce episode, <laughs> and Russ is talking about dating. <laughs> okay, so we're going we gonna to take you out of dating, and then we're going to get into a conversation about the divorce, right? But what else is going on? Okay, how are you doing this week? Well, I like that, Malik, because dating is definitely something that you have to consider and, and deal with after the divorce. So that's really good that you're doing that, Ross. I'm so proud of you. Hey, I appreciate that, Kay. But again, it's just the frustration of it. You know, I can't, I can't put these skills in the You know, so it's frustrating. But hey, we're on the same boat. Well, speaking of skills, I know you asked me what I was doing, Malik, and I've been doing a lot this week. I put a lot of uh, DIY skills into play with doing a my eglatear over my toilet. I wanted to update it, so I went to Home Depot one early morning, and I put tile down on the eglatear to give it a new look. A what? You did what to a what? Break that down, because I have no idea what you just said. It's the name of the thing that goes over the toilet that, that you store your towels and stuff in. That's the name of it. It's called oh. an eagle's hair. So in Brooklyn, we just call it like the shelf over the toilet. <laughs> but I guess in Jersey, you got a fancy name for it, right? I like that name. So I studied it and I made sure that I say it correctly because it makes me sound like I'm French or something. Now, I feel you. So wait a minute. You built it yourself? Well, originally when I bought it quite a few years back, I put it together myself. I do like to build stuff, but I decided to do like a thorough cleaning in the bathroom. Like most people are doing during this time, you're in the house, you're spring cleaning, all of that stuff kind of go hand in hand and you're cleaning until you can't clean anything else. But I decided to update it. So I took some decorative tile that you would make like a backsplash with, and I actually put it on the shelf part to bring out a new look. Hey, Kay, you got a lot of time on your hands. What made you come up with, you know, just dealing with your eglatear? Hopefully I'm pronouncing it correctly. Is that eglatear? Yeah, you're right about that. Um, I don't have a lot of time on my hands, but for the audience, 
that hasn't seen my social media mapped it out, you may want to go check it. I'm always doing something. Malik always says that I got a million jobs. So does Russ. He agrees. But I am the type of person that likes to do a lot of things. So I have a high accomplishing nature. So if I don't keep myself busy, I probably would go crazy during this time being in the house so much. So if I'm not working from home during the day or doing stuff like this, the podcast or working on some other stuff or doing driving lessons with my daughter, then I'm building stuff and, and being creative. Keeps my creative juices flowing. What about you, Russ? Well, I'm taking this time to learn. I learned two languages, two foreign languages. Wow, what languages? Spanish and profanity. <laughs> Yo, so I'm going to throw the white flag on that. We only been quarantined for like, what, four weeks? So you learning Spanish? <laughs> yup, I'm learning, I'm learning Spanish. I'm learning Spanish, you know, and again, when I'm watching TV, my... My profanity game is up too, so you know I'm learning that. That's that's my foreign language I'm learning. All right, so say something in Spanish for us. La muchacha. And what does that mean? La muchacha es bonita. All right, what does that mean? Translate it for us. That means the girl is pretty. <laughs> Wait a minute. So, Russ reading a dating book. <laughs> the only Spanish word he knows is the girl is pretty. I think we got a theme going on. But that was good. Bien, bien. That, that was great. I speak a little Spanish myself, so we'll have to converse. So let me try. Como esta, Russ? Si. And, <laughs> Russ, you got to practice a little more. I asked you how you doing. Como esta? I'm doing great in English. Okay. Bien, bien. Go ahead, Malik. Yo, I think the 5G's gotten to Russ's head. <laughs> Have you guys heard about that story? Like, I don't know about you, right? So on the internet, they this is big thing going around about 5G, about the effects of 5G. So have you heard about that? Kay, you heard about this? Yes, I heard about the effects of 5G. And um, Russ, don't you have a Samsung S10, one of the new phones? Yes, I do. I got my upgrade to the Yes, I do. Yeah, now you definitely have to work on your carrier. But the Samsung S10 is a part of the 5G. So let me just break this down for y'all a little bit. So the 5G is the next generation of cellular technology. And so it's kind of in the new generation of smartphones like yours. But it's coming. So we're on 4G now and 5G is coming. But I received some. I don't know if you guys have received it. That's what you said, Malik, right, about the, the articles and the different kind of Facebook posts about the radiation and the dangers of escalating this technology, right, because it has more radiation in it. Yeah, so what's happening now is this, right? We're living in this generation where everybody wants things quicker and faster. So we have 4G. Right. And before 4G, I don't know if you guys know about this or remember this. Remember dial up service where you had to like plug in your computer to the phone. So now we have Wi-Fi and now they started you know, developing from 2G to 3G. Now we have 5G. The issue with 5G is this. In the past, we had um, radio you know, phone booths or phone towers. Now what they're doing is they're building boxes that are smaller, but they're closer together. So they may be on the phone poles or they may be on the side of buildings. So that's part of the issue. Those radio waves are now closer. So some people are relating that to like health concerns. Hey, so are you saying, like I know, Kay, you mentioned about how, how, how I have this new phone, the, uh, the Samsung um, 10X Plus. So am I in any type of danger because of this? So that's what they're saying. They're saying some theorists contend that there is a new, the network, the new network is going to generate radio frequencies and the radio frequencies is going to give off radiation that can cause damage to the DNA and also lead to cancer. So 
it can lead to like premature aging, disrupt your metabolism as if we need that because we're like one of the most obese societies. So we definitely don't need anything messing with our metabolism, but they also can uh, lead to other diseases. So, I mean, what's your take on it? You have the phone. I like my new phone, my new upgrade. So, but that's something I probably need to take a look at and, you know, look more further into that. But I do love my phone. Yeah. So think about this, right? When you're thinking about like the 5Gs, you got to kind of think about the radio waves and radiation. So there's like good radiation. Then there's like kind of normal radiation. So for instance, have you ever been to the hospital and you had to get something x-rayed? Right when they take you into that X-ray room, they're actually using radiation to actually take a camera of your bones. And notice they always put that protective gear on you. The guy who's in the radiation room, he steps out, right? Because those waves, like if you ever been to the dentist, you see that stuff. So what the towers closer, right? You're gonna be exposed to a little more radiation than you would if you had a 4G service or they had 4G service. So those are the concerns. What are the harmful effects of this radiation? So what you're saying, Russ, is that you like your new phone and you don't think that there is any validity to the 5G. You think that it's just something that is all hype. Yeah, definitely. I have to, I have to listen to the scientists on this. I'm not sure if there's any data, you know. Um, backing this theory with the 5G this now. I mean, with the other things that we're thinking about this time. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I have to find out more data on that and, and may, may, most importantly, listen to the scientists on that, the people who are involved in this, who people want to know about this. So, so for, for me, it's all good for me. I'm enjoying my phone. So I think that the issue is that there's been talk about 5G for years. And so now the carriers are actually, like Melissa, is starting to build these towers. And if they put a tower by your co-op, I don't know how you're going to feel about that in Queens. And it's also risk versus reward. So we know what the risks are. They're talking about the risk of these 5G's towers. Right. The reward is you get faster Internet, faster processing. Right. So something that may have taken like 30 seconds to download may now take 10 seconds to download. Is it worth it? Are you willing to sacrifice some of your health for a faster download? Yeah, I, I think we got to take a look at there has to be some data. There has to be some like, you know, some experiments on that before it personally comes out. Uh, I think so, you know, kind of like a guinea pig kind of experiment, I guess, you, you know, we got to gotta take a look at some areas and, and see what goes on with that. So it definitely has to be experimented first before they just put that out. So I'm going to jump on the opposing side, because now that you bring that out, Malik, I mean, I'm down for faster internet, things of that nature, but I do like it the way that it is. And I think that sometimes right now we also we also live in an instant gratification type of society. So do I want my kid who has to wait 30 seconds to download something, which a lot of the newer generation are kind of impatient because of this access to speedy Internet and not having to wait for anything? Am I going to want her to be able to access it at one second? I don't know about that. So look at it this way, right? Think about like the highway. So you're on a highway, right? And this is like the information highway. So at a certain point, you have, you're going to have backup because so many people are on a highway, right? So we are now in this technology generation. Everyone has a cell phone. Everyone has an um, iPad, wireless, you know, Wi-Fi. So at a certain point, it's going to clog up. Right. So 5G is basically adding like another lane. Right. So you add another lane to this highway. Right. So there are benefits to it. But on the other side of it, what are the risk? And Russia, right, like scientists are doing the research, but this is also commerce. And we live in a capitalist society. So they're going to say, well, listen, I make better profits and maybe two percent of the population is affected by this. Is it worth it? 
You know, so that's the question that you should really be asking yourself. You know, is it worth it? Yeah, uh, yeah, like yeah, like I mentioned, yeah, we we gotta we gotta take a look at the science and the testing of it as well. But you know, like you said, the risk is it worth the risk with your health? You know, with the health as well. So yeah, it's just something that needs to be tested. I think before we just roll in the scientific data on stuff before we roll out something, because again, the health is the the main concern of people. It's the health. It's all about the health. Well, let me jump in about the rewards, right? Because I know that I don't know if I want my daughter to be able to access stuff quicker. But I do like the fact, like I told you, I did my eagletaire with the DIY. I do like the fact that I'm able to, like most people in our generation and other generations, go on YouTube and research anything that I want to be able to fix or do and learn that. So I know that that's something that's really, really big, even as far as learning careers, stuff like that. So that is a reward that I do take advantage of. And I don't think that I have sometimes if my water is is leaking, I have 20 minutes to wait for something to upload. Well, think about this, right? You got to also think about where the technology is going. So right now, there's a big push on artificial intelligence, right? I think a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the Whitney Houston um, concert, what they wanted to bring her back. Remember we were talking about that? Yeah, with the hologram. Exactly. So holograms, you need faster processing for that to be effective, right? If the highway is backed up, right, they're now looking to add another lane, which is 5G network, right? So you're going to have like holograms. They're now talking about driverless cars, right? I don't know if you guys saw the 60-minute piece like a couple of weeks ago, where they're actually now testing driverless trucks, where trucks are driven yeah, by computers, right? That technology. Well, they have some out. They have Say that some one more time. Hmm? Say that they again. They have some out. They have some drive yourself cars out already hey, for yeah. certain companies. Yeah, like Amazon is experimenting with it. All right. So that technology basically has to, you know, go on a higher network. So this is where the five G comes in at. So once again, the question becomes: like, this is where the technology is going. They've already tested it. And yeah, they may say, listen, it's giving off more radiation because they're closer together. Is that worth like the advancements that are coming? Like, no, that's the yeah. question. Yeah, I think if if it's affecting people's lives, health, I think it's, it's something that we shouldn't do. So we have to look into that because, again, if it's affecting people's health, it's not the thing to do, even though it's faster and it's more, you know, we're involved in, with the modern technology, but if people's health are an issue here, it's something that you don't do. Well, that sounds good, right? Something you don't do, but it's commerce as well. We live in a capitalist society. So, listen, 5G is here, right? You're going to start seeing people rolling out commercials about it. Um, and listen, you got your phone, so I'm pretty sure you're going to get some rebate and say, hey, Whatever carrier you're with, we now have 5G. No one's going to talk about the harmful effects of it. They're only going to talk about the benefits. That's why we got to get out there and do our you know, research. You know? And it's commerce. So they got lobbyists out there who are going to like push and say, listen, if we lose 1% of the population, is it worth it? So that's the question. And their thing might be, we're going to lose 1% of the population anyway. You know, so that might be a little risk versus the reward of people being able to have this extra lane, this extra fast lane, because now it's a fast lane and everyone knows that you like the fast lanes. So, <laughs> yeah. And listen, I don't want to go too far off the topic, but like if you've ever been out the country, right, and you taste the food out the country, you ever been to the Caribbeans and you taste the food? The food is so much different. It's because it's not shot up with all the chemicals. It's not processed, right? They don't have like chicken farms where all they do is like produce chickens. They, these chickens, like in foreign countries, are allowed to roam. So you taste the difference in that. So like communism, not communism, but capitalism 
is a real thing. So I think that's something that we kind of have to adapt to. Yeah, and it's something that's going to be our players out because, like you said, Malik, capitalism is, you know, that's that's our society. You know, here in the United States, that's society, you know, with capitalism. So, again, people will probably rule out the benefits. If, if it's beneficial for the masses, it'll probably a go. So it's probably one of those situations. And it's going to be beneficial for companies. It's going to be beneficial for the medical field. It's going to be beneficial for institutions like colleges and things of that nature. So, I mean, we know that it's coming. It's just always good to converse about it so that we can inform the people of what's going on. Exactly. So, guys, listen, there are gaps in it. I'm this to the audience. Right. Once again, we're all recording from different places. So we're trying to work out some of the technical issues. Right. So with that being said, Russ, let's get back. I kind of want to get back to his, his dating book. You want to get back to my dating book? I mean, I can't practice what I read, but I read the book twice. But what, what you want to know, man? I feel like this is a whole nother show topic. Right. So today, let's do this. Right. Before we get into your dating history, right? Let's give the people a little, like, bit about, like, your previous relationship and, like, the divorce that you went through, right? Before we start talking about your dating, let's kind of talk about the past. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, about my divorce, you know, that's, that's a topic, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to talk about and, uh. You know, let's do this, Malik. We are, yeah, let, let's do this, Malik. Uh, you know, again, since I'm having a little audio difficulties <laughs> with the phone situation here, guys, let's save that for a break, and then we'll talk about the divorce and discussion about Say that one more time, Russ, because I feel like we lost you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm having a little problems, difficulties, so we're going to talk about the divorce. But let's, let's take a little break now. Let's come back about talking about different things about it, my story, and some people, some stories that can help out people. So we'll be back in the flash. All right, guys. We'll talk to you right after the break. Welcome back to the Russ and Kaylin East experience. Man, I've been on social media a lot. Because I had nothing else to do but uh, checking out my IG and all that good stuff, Facebook and everything. What you been doing, Kay, social media-wise? So I've been interacting with social media a lot more lately because everyone seems to be having parties. Malik invited us to DJ Nice party. D-Nice and... or DJ Nice? Huh? Who is it? D-Nice or DJ Nice? D-Nice. Oh, I thought you was telling us about somebody different. <laughs> Well, you invited us to the D-Nice party, but I've been going to a lot of parties lately. So I've been scrolling on social media, put a video up of my daughter and her um, birthday party, her celebration. It wasn't a party, but we had a celebration. So if you didn't get a chance to check it out, check it out on Mapped It Out, IG. How many people were at this party? Huh? Okay, how many people were at this little get-together you had? Well, it wasn't a get-together. It was a scavenger hunt. And so I had at least a good maybe 10 to 15 people send me videos, and I made a birthday celebration video for her. Oh, that's so cool. I got to check yeah. that out. I gotta check that out. So, yeah, you got to check it out. Yeah. Did you see um, D-Nice um, combined with former First Lady Michelle Obama, and they had a When We All Vote um, party? Did you guys check that out? Did you get my invite? Because I invited both of you guys to it. Yeah, I saw the invite. Yeah, and I invited other people while I was in there. I saw the invite too, and I invited people. Well, I posted on my story, and then I tagged because you were supposed to support voting as well. So to get the vote out, I wanted to make sure that people knew. Yeah, so the idea was it was a couch party, right? 
So we were supposed to all get together, um, download an, a separate app, and they were going to provide phone numbers so we can text people to actually get them to register to vote. So that was really important. So I gather you guys got part of it, but you didn't text anybody to get them to register to vote. Well, I text some individual people. I don't know about putting my number out there like that for random people, but I did text individual people. What about you, yeah, I did as well, and I saw that D Nice they had like over 500,000 um, registered voters based on that, too. Yeah, honestly, I think they may have gotten close to half a million. So, okay. but it was effective though. I th I love that what, the way you they using their power for good. That's a great thing. It is. Mm -hmm. DJ, I mean, D Nice, DJ D Nice has been having parties almost every day. I know, I know. I'm kind of partied out right now. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, besides the parties, have you been checking out these battles? Right, so last night there was a battle between Neo and John Tate Austin. So I don't, you guys know who Neo is, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Did you know all the songs that Neo has written for people? Yes. All right. Can you recite one of them? You didn't know there was going to be a the, test, right? Recite one of the songs that he's written for people, or one of his songs, because I Both. know his songs. Both. So one of the songs that he's dang, I don't even um know the rhythm. All right. So Spotlight. So, remember Spotlight by song. Jennifer Hudson? Huh? Spotlight by Jennifer Hudson. You remember that song? Yeah, I know Neil wrote oh, yeah. that. Okay. Um yeah, I know that. yeah. What about um to the left, to the left? Who sung that? To the left, to the left, to Sierra. The left to, no. Oh my God. We got to take your card away. Music. To the left, to the left. Beyonce talked about that song? Yeah, oh, Beyonce, that Beyonce. To the left, to the left. Exactly. I'm thinking of one, two step. My bad. Nah. <laughs> Yo, so Jonte Austin, a lot of people don't really know him, but he's written stuff for like Mariah Carey, for Aaliyah, um, for Mac Wiles. One song, I'm sure you got to know this song. Um, he wrote something, Sweet Lady, for Therese. That was probably one of his like, biggest hits. So you yes. guys know those songs? Yes. Yeah, I remember that one. I remember that one. Oh, when you said recite the song, I thought you meant sing it. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't know how your voice is, so I wouldn't ask you to do that. I mean, I can't sing. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> A little bit. That's another that's another job that Kay has. Exactly. Yo, Kay, stay busy, right? <laughs> so listen, the other thing I noticed, right, while you know, going through my social media feed is our own President Rush over here, he just celebrated his one-year divorce, the anniversary of his divorce. Now, I was kind of shocked by that. I've never really heard people celebrating divorces. So what's up with that, Russ? Well, when I posted that, it wasn't a celebration. I just was stating the fact that, you know, today lies the one-year anniversary. It really turned out with the post, it turned out that, turned out for a lot of people, they were, they were like congratulating me and, and celebrating. It wasn't a celebration, but it kind of turned into one. I was seeing that, it, you know, really opened up some conversation for people to talk about the wars, especially males. Uh, you don't find that. So I kind of opened it up for discussion on that. I just was looking through some paperwork. I noticed, hey, look, my anniversary for my divorce is, was on the, actually on this day. And I just decided to post it just to have some conversation about it. So, Russ, I don't know how many people would look through their paperwork. Is that something that you do on a regular basis? I don't, but in this particular time, I just was rummaging through some things because I had some time on my hands, as we all do. And uh, I noticed, I noticed the date was here. I mean, the actual date it was just ironic that I just was rumbling through some pages of the actual court filings and everything, and I noticed the date it was, um, you know, that my my divorce was fine. So I don't know if you, I don't know if people celebrate this, but I know people celebrate, you know, like their 
wedding anniversaries, their birthdays, their death anniversaries of their loved ones. So maybe divorce anniversary is a thing. And I think it would be a celebratory thing if you are in maybe like an unhealthy marriage or a marriage that you don't want to be in versus one that like it's a mutual separation. We just decided to go our separate ways, kind of like teachers, you know? Mm -hmm. So, Russ, let me answer this. I don't tell us if we've gone too far. We don't want to get all in your business, but what was that experience like for you? The divorce itself or the one-year anniversary? Or... Well, let's start with it, the divorce itself. Because, listen, as someone who's gone through divorce, um, to me, it was like grieving. It was like it was a grieving process. So I don't know how your experience was, but for me, I just felt like there was a death. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, yeah, it's a traumatic experience, and it's a traumatic experience that you go through it, person that you're divorcing, their family members, your family members, your friends. You know, like you said, it's like a death. And, you know, it, it's really tough. It is a traumatic experience, you know, because um, everybody goes through it. Everybody goes through the goes through it. It's like a trauma, especially like, you know, how it goes down to people. Um, people are different too as well. So what does that mean? Everybody goes through it. Are you saying that the family or are you talking about people in general? Well, yeah, in terms of the divorce between the husband and wife or whatever, whatever, me, when I say you, not only you're divorcing that particular person, you're also divorcing their family. You're also divorcing their friends. Everybody's involved in this process. It's not just two individuals divorcing each other. You're divorcing, you know, family members. All this, you know, has to be taken into play. Um, in terms of my situation, you know, in terms of my situation, I mean, the divorce went so as far as well. You know, we got. I had to block like members of your family. You know, in terms of like social media, I, I went. My, that's how my situation was. It, it got that deep. I had to divorce everybody. I had to divorce a lot of people. So, would you say that it's similar to the movie The Breakup? Y'all remember The Breakup with Jennifer Anderson? And they were, like, living in the same house, and they were doing bowling together. So, he went to go bowl, and she couldn't bowl with the friends. Like, they were, like, fighting over the friends because they had a lot of collective friends together. That's something that you do when you get married, right? Yeah, you yeah, have, like, definitely. his friends, her friends, and then collective friends. Yep. And with that, a divorce a divorce occurs amongst, amongst your friends. Like, you have mutual friends. Yep, it, it gets that deep. And so she said that those were her friends now, so she gets to keep the friends. It's more of a comedy, you know, but it tackles a lot of, like, real life. It's a romantic comedy, but it tackles a lot of real-life situations. And based on that situation that you're telling me, it sounds like something similar. Like they were staying in the house together until they could, one person could move out because sometimes you don't have enough money to just up and leave. And so then he had the strippers one night come in and it was just a mess. Yeah, it sounds like a mess. <laughs> but it was a movie though, so I'm going to keep it there. But look, let me ask you this though, right? If you don't mind, let's kind of break this down. Because once sure. again, I'm sure there's people out there who have the same experience as you, right? So, things to look out for. When did you know it was time to kind of move on? I knew it was time to move on when the lack of communication that was done, it was the dead issue. We didn't have any communication, you know, in terms of maybe trying to make our relationship work. Um, what caused the, the breakup in our relationship? When the communication was down and which you cannot communicate with that particular person, that's when you know your marriage is done. So the lack of communication, that was the main reason how, I mean, how I knew, how I knew it was time to move on. So my question would be this, uh, things to look out for whenever you are in a situation, because maybe some people's marriage might be able to be saved, but I know that I'm the type of person to say, I want to do everything that I possibly can in the relationship before I step away. 
which is something that I've always taken. But once I do everything that I possibly can, say go to couples counseling or try different date nights and different things to revive the situation, then I feel confident when I step away that I did everything that I could. So did you feel the same way? Yeah, I definitely did. I'm, I'm able to look in the mirror and, and really look at myself and be like, hey, look, I tried every attempt to keep my marriage intact in terms of reaching out for counseling, which my ex-wife didn't want to do, in terms of just having conversation about what the issue is. The person didn't want to do that. So, but I can, I can honestly say me looking in the mirror, I did everything possible to try to keep the relationship afloat. And the key is, if you have, you know, in a marriage, there's two people. If one person is not a part of that agreement, you no longer have a marriage. So I got a theory, right? You mentally separate before you physically separate. You emotionally separate before you physically separate. All right. So did it? Did that happen with you guys? Yes, that ha that happened with me big time. Uh, my ex-wife, she. Emotionally, she detached herself from the situation uh, before before there was a problem. She emotionally checked out. She teleported out like Star Trek. She teleported out of there. Um, you know, so emotionally, when you when you when you check out emotionally, you get done. I mean, that that's it. When you check out emotionally in the host in your in the relationship, her marriage or dating, what have you. you check out emotionally. Uh, that's it. So. That was a telltale sign about checking out emotionally. Like you just talked about Malik. So Malik, I know that you were married previously and went through a divorce. Can you give us a little bit of insight about your situation? Was your situation similar? Because I want to know what it's like to kind of go through a divorce for our audience. Wow. That's an interesting question, Kay. <laughs> but no, here's what I would say. Um... For me, I look at it as I don't know if you guys ever watched like Star Wars where it says the force, the force, right? There's that energy. Well, you know there was a disturbance in the force. Like there was something that just wasn't right. Um, so that was like my case. I knew for a while now. It was like the feeling wasn't there, like the emotion wasn't there, the communication wasn't there. But and I'm sure you kind of relate to this as well, Russ there was bigger things at play. Like we had children, right? So now I got to start thinking about that. Like, should I stay in this relationship because of the children? Is it better to separate for the children? Is it better to stay together for the children? You know, all of this stuff is happening, right? So I know for me, um, and this is a lot, like my wife um, committed, had an infidelity. And my reaction was like, this is it. This is my escape. This is how I get out. <laughs> I hate to say that, and I don't want to laugh about it, but um, that was really how I was feeling. So it started that process. And, you know, listen, realistically, the separation happens before the actual divorce, right? So what about you, Russ? Like, did the separation happen? Like, how long was that process before the actual hiring lawyers, going to court, sorting out property, all of that stuff? Well, for me, it was different because I lived in Louisiana. The separation for me was um, I had to separate from the state because I, I moved back to New I moved back to um, to New York. Now, was it a legal separation or was like just I'm leaving? It was a legal separation, which I had paperwork drawn up, uh, sent over to my ex-wife, in which she refused to sign the legal separation. So she didn't want to leave. She didn't want to separate. Well, it wasn't about what she was what she wanted. It was about what I wanted. So when I sent out the paperwork to her, she did not sign the paperwork. So you can take it as you as you can on that. So my thing is, I know a lot of people that don't do what you do, Russ. They don't take that step to actually legally separate. Nah, that's called like the ghetto separation. <laughs> It's like, yo, I'm done with you, but nobody know about it but us. So would you recommend that you do legal separation? I definitely do it. And it depends from the state. Like some states, they don't honor legal separation. 
So you have to look in at depending on where you get married and what you know where you're married to and everything what the laws talk about. So in my case, I would definitely recommend that legal separations in in writing, and hopefully, good luck to you getting that signed. Maybe you have better results than I did. So. Those are some of the things to look out for, like the lack of communication, um, the trust factor, which Malik mentioned, different things like that. So for somebody that has not been through a divorce, yes, I was engaged and, you know, we never really went forward with the process and we separated before that. And I'm kind of glad because we didn't have to go through all of those separation of the house. We did have to deal with the kids, but we were able to co-parent very well. But what what are some tips on like how to get through it? You know what's so interesting? Like Russ, and you could kinda like either co-sign or disagree with this. I know for me, one of the hardest things was the identity. People view you, your coworkers, your family, your friends, everyone views you as this married couple, as a unit. So now you gotta tell them that now nah, we're separated, we're going through a divorce. How was that process? For me, I know that was like one of the difficult ones, like how people are going to view you. Are you a failure? Like what happened? Yeah, you know, for me, it was really tough because in a lot of people's eyes, it came out of, totally came out of left field because here I was, I was a person that left New Orleans, here, come back to New York to care for my mom. In the midst of that, you know, that's when we were going through the separation trial and everything. So I returned back, and then next thing you know, I leave my place of residence, and like people are asking her, like, what is that? What happened? What exactly happened? So a lot of shame comes into it. A lot of um, a lot of shame comes into it, big time. I think when you get a divorce or in the process of getting divorced, you feel like you fail, you feel like you're a failure. So that comes into a place in the place of it as well. And I, I can agree with that because I met Russ when he was going through his separation and his divorce um, as a business partner. And so we went out to brunch one day and we were having a great conversation. And Russ was like, I said, oh, well, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And Russ started to share his story. And so I left and I remember him reaching out to me and like, did I scare you with my story? You still going to be my friend <laughs> type of thing. So, yeah, definitely. You definitely think about that. What happened at that lunch? <laughs> what was that, Malik? I said, what happened at that lunch when she thought you you thought you scared her? Like, damn, what's up with that? Well, well, I just, well, I just was sharing my experience with that, but I, I could just see on Katie's face, she was like, what is, what is going on with this? Because it, it, it is a wild story, a wild story, but, you know, I could just see her on Katie's face, she was like, well, uh, I don't know about this, but I had to be like, we okay. Uh, are we still good? I gave you a lot of information there, but are we good? I still want to be a friend, you know that? So, we... Definitely, we're talking, and we were talking about working together in the New York schools. And so, <clears throat> excuse my voice, but we were talking about working together in New York schools. And of course, you want to get to know the person that you're going to be working with. You want to know the person that you're going to be moving into a project with. So we're getting to know each other. And Russ tells me the story. And the story was, wow, Russ, I'm sorry. It wasn't you. It was the story. You know, so interesting no. about that as well. Um you're still dealing, and once again, I'm going to speak personally. I don't know about you, Russ, but you still deal with those raw emotions, right, and that venom, if you still have it. So I know a couple of months, like, afterwards, like, when I would tell my story, that venom, that hurt would come across. Like, I know I had to, like, seek counsel. I had to, like, talk to somebody to work through those emotions. Yeah. That that's true, and like for me, like you talk about talking to somebody. So it was really great for me to talk to Kalenice, people like Kalenice, just just to just to have a conversation about what I was going through. Um, you talk about therapy. I reached out. I did talk space, and uh, that helped me immensely um, during my separation and during my divorce. I used to have suffering with so much anxiety. I remember when my, when my ex wife's number and, and name was coming on my screen. 
Hyphy needs like a, a pit in my stomach. It was almost kind of making me sick. You know what I mean? So I, I was able to talk to somebody about that because this was like, physically, this was like making me sick. So I got a chance to really talk to somebody at Talkspace. It really got me through. And I recommend definitely talking to somebody. You got to talk it out. You can't keep everything all in. So you said Talkspace? Mm -hmm. Yes, and that I, was Talkspace. And I also recommend uh, Divorce Care. I know that we have that at my church, Divorce Care. And I know it's a national program that they have at different spaces, almost like, you know, AA or NA or something like that. They have different locations and different um, people that participate in the program throughout the nation. So definitely, I would, coming from a counseling background, I would say yes. See counseling. Next. So let me ask you this. Um, once again, personal experience, um, you have the separation, but you still have to co-parent you know, these beautiful children. How do you handle that? You know, that's been an issue um, to this day now. It's tough for me to do that because I live in a different state than my, than my daughters. But I've come to the realization that Sometimes you have to be ready when that significant other is ready to co-parent. Based on my situation right now, my, my current ex-wife, I don't think she's in that position to co-parent, but I'm in the position when she's ready to co-parent. You know, we do things financially. We have some things financially we already have resolved, but I don't think she's in that space to co-parent. But when she is in that space to co-parent, I will be there waiting for her so we can co-parent. Okay. So. so what I need you to break that down for me, Russ. Yeah. What does that mean she's not in the space to co-parent? Well, she's not. I think, just, again, this is just my experience uh, with this whole scenario is, you know, with the divorce, you know, you deal with child payments, right? So. Um, I've been, you know, just full disclosure, I've been making my child payments, you know, ever since I've been divorced. That's no problem. But I think a lot of times in my case, she's not past that, if that makes any sense. And maybe it doesn't make any sense, but she's not really past that. And I think you have to pass that into order to co-parent. We not, we got to get to the next phase. I don't think she's that. I don't think she's up to that phase of the, the financial situation. Based on uh, based on the past, so I think in my case, when we get past the child the child payments and everything, which that's already been rectified, so we're we're already in a good space with that. I think she can move on to totally try to co-parenting. I mean, we I have partial her her um you know I have a attention in terms of that partially in terms of co-parenting, but I don't have her full attention on co-parenting right now because she has to get past this other hurdle that she's going through. So, I once again, personal experience. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. say that. I find that interesting. I know in my situation, I went to court. Um, first thing I did after the separation, I went to court um, and petitioned for full custody. Knowing, you know, mostly courts um, side with the women. And most people think that. But um, somebody told me, when you separate, no one has legal responsibility for the children unless you claim it right so what ended up happening is we actually had shared responsibility the kids were with me a week and they were with their mother a week right but that's something i fought for i didn't sit back and wait to see what she wanted to do i was very proactive with that i'm very aggressive with that all right um and also like the child support kind of supported that as well because we were equal partners and physical custody as well as um, parental custody. So anything that happened, I'm a 50-50 partner with that. And like full disclosure, my kids are like 19 now. So at 18, um, physical custody is not an issue anymore. You know, and I have twins. But that's something I fought for. Mm -hmm. So well, I would agree with that. Go ahead, Russ. Well, Malik, in my case... When I, remember, like I told you guys, I sent in the legal separation and the legal separation separation stipulates, you know, um, with the kids and, you know, visitation rights and everything. So all that was in there that was stipulated. 
Um, she refused to sign that. Okay, granted. So I proposed. To, so I said I had a I had her serve for divorce papers after that. She wouldn't sign. She didn't sign the divorce papers as well. So I had to petition the court of Louisiana to get an injunction for them to legally accept or legally divorce us. I had to go through the trial. But all that, I'm saying that to say this, all that information about the uh, visitation and everything was in that separation rights. We had an opportunity to talk amongst ourselves and we, we have dates in which, you know, my kids come up to see me and what have you. We had that within the courts. But sometimes it's a little tricky when the people, when, when the when the actual person isn't cooperative or what's, you know, not what, what's taking place in the divorce. So I can say that um, from my personal experience, co-parenting, you, I agree with you. There is a financial aspect to it with, with the child support and all of that stuff. But then there's also the legal aspect to it. So in terms of my older daughter, her father lived in Virginia. I lived here. Um, I parented her until about 14 and a half. She got into her teenage stage. She got a little rebellious. And so up until that point, none of us, I agree with you, Malik, none of us had custody of her. And so there was no custody agreement, anything. So now she wants to go live with her dad. Now, all of a sudden, we have to kind of make this custody agreement. So that was a very, very hard battle between us. Um, and we winded up. She went to go live with him. But then he was paying while she was here. I was paying while she was there. But I think that emotional aspect that's where people kind of get into, that's where they get into the issues because they have an issue with separating the monetary versus the emotional. So if I still have feelings for you or there's still some feelings about the situation, then I'm going to have an uh, issue co-parenting. And that's how some people view it. Whereas you have to come together and make sure that you keep the child first. Yeah. One thing that really helped me, um, I read this book. It's called Co-Parenting with a Toxic Ex. And the subtitle is What to Do When Your Ex-Spouse Tries to Turn Your Kids Against You. So one of the things it talks about is you got to kind of look at your children as being bilingual, right? So imagine you got dual citizenship and you live in America, you live in England, right? When you're in America, there's there's different rules and regulations and laws that you have to follow. So when you go to England, you got to kind of transition that. You got to change that. So they drive on a different side of the highway over there. And kids are the same way. So reading that book kind of helped me relate to what my children were going through. What about you? Yeah, same thing as well. And goes back to what I talked about. You have to have those open lines of communications, especially to the co-parent. If your if your kids are going to be visiting you, you have to set some parameters, some rules about, you know, now you're here and here's what we do here. But uh, you know that that helps out a lot. But again, it all goes back to having those open lines of communication, whatever you're doing, especially when you're trying to co-parent, and especially when you're having your kids come visit you. So, how did you deal with that, Malik, with your kids and the dual citizenship? <laughs> A lot of patience, a lot of prayer, <laughs> a lot of patience and prayer, but also Malik, you're on mute. <laughs> sorry, a lot of patience, a lot of prayer, right? Also, um, understanding that they didn't ask for this. They didn't ask for their parents to get divorced. You know, um, it's a shock to them. They had this, you know, idea of, and they had this lifestyle and the adults kind of messed it up. So really just being understanding of that, um, I think helped. And really just being consistent. To me, that was really important, being consistent. And it's a shock to the system. And again, like a lot of, every divorce is different. Every situation is different. Um, you know, it, it, it's like you said, Malik, it's a lot of prayer. It's a lot of gathering, you know, information with people who, who were divorced as well. Those are things that are important as well. 
And I also want to say you have your rules at your house. And I know one thing that I had to do was to make sure that I respected the rules of the other house or the other country. And so I would definitely recommend not talking negatively about your ex to the children in front of the children, because it's really, really important for you to make sure that you keep that healthy and positive relationship between them two, but also that respect of their house. And as long as they're not doing anything that's, you know, toxic or putting the children in danger, if there's something that you don't agree with, you can talk about it and try to resolve it between you two, which I know my ex and I did. He couldn't come to my house and tell me how to run my house. And therefore him and I had a conversation about that. And if there was something that I didn't agree with, that he was doing, then we would have a conversation. But I had to, at the end of it, even if I didn't particularly agree with it, I had to respect it while she was over there. I have to share this story with you guys about respecting, you know, not talking bad about that significant other. I remember when my oldest daughter was up in town and we were shopping at Costco's. And in the past, I had the account, the Costco's account, it was with myself and my ex-wife. So we had that. So here we are. We're checking out, checking out. Then uh, a thing goes off saying like, hey, look, there's something wrong with your accounting. And I said, okay, no problem. Then they checked it out again. They said, okay, why don't you come over here? We got to talk to you. I said, well, what's going on? Said, well, the person who you have this account with, they canceled the account. And my daughter was like, Ooh, mommy is petty. And I said, no. I said, Tam, hey, things happen. You know, things happen along the way. I'm sure your mom had nothing to do with this. You know, everything would be okay. Matter of fact, this gives me the opportunity to get a new membership. So no, your mom had nothing to do with this. So that's, you know, that gave me the opportunity. I could easily, you know, bad mouth my ex in front of my daughter, but I just took, you know, the different route. And, you know, you can't do that. Because, you know, but you can't you can't do that because when you do do that, you know, that's going to cause a strain in your relationship that you have with your kids. So I just wanted to share that story with you guys. It was petty, like what, what it said. Nah. But, hey, that was very on. mature on your part, Russ. <laughs> very mature. <Yeah. laughs> Which brings me back to the point. <laughs> you, you posted this. So you celebrated, you know, the one-year anniversary. So what exactly were you celebrating? The freedom... What were you celebrating? Well, again, uh, full disclosure, I posted it just more of an informational thing. It turned out to a celebration by other people. But what I was celebrating, but through it all, what I celebrate, again, I, I celebrate, the, for me, the, the process of being happy. Because in my circumstance, that was the big question. A person wasn't happy. But looking back, I celebrate my happiness. My happiness of being divorced, I celebrate with my decision of being divorced. So that's something I would celebrate, but that post didn't show that. People were celebrating for me. I have no idea why why they were doing that, but they were doing that. But again, I celebrate the freedom, the happiness in a good space that I'm in. That's what I celebrate. So I think uh Russ, people were celebrating because that's a thing now. People are having divorce parties. So if you look, if you Google divorce parties, there's all different kinds of stuff. Like I do, I did, I'm done. And I think just, they say that you remember good experiences and bad experiences, just like teachers. You remember your good teachers and you remember your bad teachers and all of those other teachers in between, you don't really remember. So I think that whether it's a good thing for you getting out and you're celebrating or whether you were in a, a bad situation and you're getting out and now you're free and you're celebrating. I think that's why people are celebrating because they remember the really good times and the really bad times. So this, this divorce is a great monumental time for them to move on or something. But you know what? He definitely got us talking. So we got to give you props for that. He definitely got us talking about this. And hopefully this is helping other people who may have gone through something similar or who's going through something similar. Yeah, and I think it'll help. Hopefully it'll help males because a lot of males, we don't talk about this. You know, we don't we don't talk about divorce. We just basically get a divorce and just move on. But it's, but it's important that males talk about it and uh, talk about their feelings and share their feelings with others. 
So to wrap it up, we've talked about some tips and ways to get through divorce, to make sure that you try to keep the communication lines open, that you receive counseling or get some sort of counseling to get an outside view. Um, try not to involve the other family members and then also try to find ways to co-parent effectively. So Russ, leaving with one other tip that you would give on how to kind of get through this dealing with the hurt and moving into healing. Or you know what, Russ, why don't you save that for your GPS? Like that could be in your GPS at the end of the show. Sure. We'll do. Okay, so when we come back from the break, we will go into the GPSs and your motivational tip, and we'll see you after the break. Welcome back to the Russ and Kayla Nice experience. Hey, Kay, Malik, we talked about divorce here. A lot of stuff, man, a lot of information. What do you guys think, man? I'm exhausted a little bit. <laughs> I feel you, kid. I'm like emotionally spent a little bit. But you know what? Listen, transparency is good. Hopefully what we said helps somebody else out there. So that's what that's my sense. What do you think, Kay? I think that you guys were really transparent during this and I really feel like it's going to help someone. There are a lot of people going through divorce. There are a lot of people that went through divorce. And even though you may have gone through divorce, an anniversary or something like that is still fresh, you know, and it's still something that you have to navigate through. So in order, I know we left off at the break. With me saying, do you have another tip for the people? And I know that you have your GPS that you share every week, Russ. So hit them with a GPS for this week so they can continue to navigate. No doubt about that. So game plan steps when you transition to a divorce. My first GPS is give yourself time to grief. Um, and the most important thing about that is there's no timetable in doing so. Just give yourself time to grief. And uh, that way, that'll give you an opportunity to move on. My second GPS would be developing a team that can help you cope. I recommend a people, maybe three to four people who will be in your corner throughout your whole situation. You know, give it a name. Like my team is Team Russ and I got three people. No matter what the situation, I know my team is down with me. So develop a team that can help you cope as well. So just to recap, GPS number one, give yourself time to grieve. GPS number two, develop a team you can that'll help you cope in your situation. Hey, so Kayla Nice, just give us some uh, motivational tips to, le to lead us out here. What you get? So I'm going to leave with some motivational tip because that was great GPS. And while you're following those GPSs, understand this. One, be patient with yourself. You are going to be going through a lot of emotions. You're going to be going through change. And sometimes change is hard, but change in life in general is inevitable. So be patient with yourself as you're navigating through those grief stages, as you're feeling different emotions, maybe as you're connecting with your counselor. Because although this is something that you are going through, this is something that you will get through. And the second thing that I just want to leave you all with is your team is there to support you. Your team is there to guide you. So don't feel like you have to do this alone. You are not alone. You are enough to do whatever it is that you want to do in life. And you will get through this. And we'll see you on the other side. So that's what I want to leave the people with today, Russ. That is excellent, Kay. Like you said, you're not alone. We're here to help. And we're here for you guys. We're here, you know, every week here on uh, the Russell and Kalanese experience. You can always reach out to us throughout the podcast um, on russandkalanese at gmail.com. You know, go reach out to us. You know, we would love to get your feedback, information. Um, you know, yeah, we're, we're here for the people. So I also do motivation minutes on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. So we need some motivation throughout this week. So you can find me at Mapped It Out on IG, Twitter, Facebook, that's M-A-P-P-E-D, it out. 
So check me out there. Or you can email us at Russ and Kaylanice at gmail.com. So that's R-U-S-S-A-N-D-K-L-E-N-E-S-E at gmail.com. And where can they find you, Russ? Yeah, they can find me other places. But before that, you can always contact us. You can always subscribe to, to the podcast. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, on Google, um, Google uh, Play, I believe. Yeah, Google Play and also Google Podcast as well. So, yeah, you can hit me up anytime on IG at Our World Transitions with the Nest. Uh, you can always friend me on Facebook. And uh, if you want more information about my book, Transition Game Plan, feel free to send me an email at ourworldtransitions at gmail.com. So this is the Russ and Kaylanese experience. Thank you for yes. joining us. And we will see you next week. On behalf of Kayla Neese, EP extraordinaire Malik, and myself, Russ, thank you for listening to the Russ and Kayla Neese experience, and we'll talk to you next week. Take care, everybody. Take care.